Bald Men on Campus with Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. Welcome to Bald Men on Campus. I'm Seth Greenberg, joined by Jay Billis in between his golf outings and public speaking engagements. And Jay Wright has joined us. Uh, we don't know how he's joined us because he doesn't have Mike Sheridan or Alicia to kind of hold his hand and get him where he needs to go. So does have a very good tan and looks very relaxed. So, Jay, boy, I got to ask you, for a guy that's retired and was really, really obviously had a hard time walking away, dude, you're banging drums, you're throwing out the first pitch, you're doing commencement speeches. Like, do you understand? Bellis, give him the definition of retirement. Playing <laughs> golf and sitting on your ass and doing nothing. That's what I was, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think you should be doing that. I just haven't got there yet. This this is my this is my first um, function as a retired coach, and it's taken me so long to log into this. I got no back. I usually have my nice villain on the background. I'm down here in the basement all by myself. So this part of retirement, I'm not good at yet. <laughs> well, I got a question. Of all the things you've done so far, I mean, what was the commencement like? That had, I know how emotional you are. So that had to be really yeah. emotional for you. It really was, man. It was, it was really cool, um, you know, to, to, to process in with all the deans and the president and have all the students in there, all the faculty, the stadium packed. Just the procession was cool, you know. Uh, coming behind the provost, he's got his whatever he's holding in his hand. I don't know, some big stick he's got. Um, <laughs> it was, it was awesome, and then. And then to be able to speak to the to the uh, senior class uh, was awesome. To get it to get an honorary doctorate, who would if my boys could only see me now, man, my boys that grow would see me get a doctorate. Woo! <laughs> it, was cool. it was cool. Yeah, we have to now address you with the respect you deserve as Doctor Wright. Now that you got the honorary doctorate, Do you, so you went to Bucknell. Do you remember who spoke at your graduation? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I, I think these guys, these guys have a chance because um, this, this group came in as freshmen and I'm pretty sure it was the last fresh we at freshman orientation. They, they do like a four day freshman orientation. The last thing they do at Villanova, only a Catholic school could do this. They have a big mass in the basketball arena, the president and you know, who's a priest, father Peter Donnie does a mass. And then at the end of the mass, I come up on what was the altar and the basketball coach speaks to the student body, to the freshman <laughs> class. That's how we end orientation. So it was this class, I think was the last one we did, you know, before the, uh, the pandemic and, uh, and now for them to go out, you know, and, and we went out there together. So I consider myself a part of the class of 2022. It was pretty cool. See, I think I think commencement speeches are about as easy as it gets or low pressure, I should say, not easy, low pressure, because nobody remembers what you say afterwards. Like I don't I, Lee Iacocca spoke at my graduation at Duke. I don't remember a damn thing he said. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if Fairleigh Dickinson even had a speaker. Uh, did they have a speaker or did they just give you guys like uh, punch and cookies and send you send you away? Harvard and the Hackensack, we do things first class. We're right on the Hackensack. The chairs are out. I have no idea who freaking spoke. See, nobody remembers. That's why I think throwing out the first pitch at the Phillies game had to be more nerve-wracking. Did you Now, did you bounce it in? He threw or a did strike. You lollipop oh, it? man, that man no. threw a strike. When he, I did, man. 
I'm two for two. That's the second time. That's the second time I've done that, man. I threw I threw two um, strikes, but the first time this this was years ago. At, I threw it to the Philly fanatic, which was a huge target. That was awesome. That was awesome. This year was really cool. Joe Girardi came out and did it, which I didn't I didn't know he was going to do it, but he came out and caught it, which was a really cool honor. And um, and I did it with Kyle Neptune this time. It, it was really cool. And and to have Joe out there um, made it special. But Joe's not as big a target as a fanatic, so it was more pressure. Did you? <laughs> oh, I know. Hey, wait, did you practice? Wait, wait, yeah, we oh. did. We did, man. Down in the you tunnel. You coach up Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kyle hadn't touched the baseball, I think, since 11. And he, I threw the first one. Kyle was a lot softer with his, but he got his there. He didn't bounce it. That's, all, that's it awesome. Great. Are you that now, Jay, are you, uh, you have to be getting questions from, you know, people all around Philly because you're out and about. Are you tired of explaining this yet? Like what, your decision and, and why you decided to move forward in another direction? Jay, I'll tell you what, man, it's really, really been cool. And, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head. We, um, my, my son graduated from Penn yesterday. I, I, you know, I went to the Phillies game. I, I did the union. I have been out and, uh, Jay, no one has asked me. Nobody. Is that right? They all say, which is really cool. Everybody says, congratulations, coach. Thanks a lot, coach, which has shocked me because all my friends, you know, text me WTF, you know, (laughs) 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 you know, but everybody else, everybody else is, it it, it has really shocked me because I never really thought what to say to anybody when they, when they retire, you know, and every, everyone has said, congratulations. Thanks a lot, coach. Um, it's been, it's been really heartwarming. It really has. And, and it surprised me because I didn't, I didn't, I, I felt a little guilty. I, f- I felt a little guilty to Villanova fans when I did, it. I felt a little guilty to Philadelphia basketball fans, you know, just because, you know, I've been here a long time and I didn't, I didn't want to feel like anybody, like I was quitting on them, but I knew it was something that I needed to do. I didn't know how people are going to react. And I have been shocked by the reaction. Maybe they're happy to get rid of me than I thought. Oh, shoot. How hard was it, though? I mean, like you went through two years between COVID, the Olympics, the Hall of Fame, the Final Four. How hard was it to to just go through all that? How exhausting of a two-year period was that for you, where you literally had no time to, what I would say, like, breathe? I'm sure that played a little bit into it and, and, you know, intelligent people that were, that were trying to convince me to, to, you know, take, take some extra time, think about this, you know, we're, we're mentioning that, you know, we did the, the world cup that was 40 days away when we got back from the, the world cup, then was, there was the pandemic. And then we had that year after the pandemic we play with no fans. Then the Olympics got canceled, but we were preparing for it. Then we had the Olympics and then we came back from the Olympics. We had the hall of fame. So I'm sure that had some impact, but um, I, I, I still think that the timing was right. It, it probably made the decision easier for me, but I, I think I would have came to the same decision. What, what, Jay, was it like a cumulative thing for you or, or do you have things at the top of the list of, of why you were ready now? 
it was uh, it was cumulative, Jay. A, lo- a lot of a lot of little things, um, but the, but the major factor was um, that I knew at some point I was going to have to do this. I didn't want to be, um, and I didn't think it was good to be the head coach of Villanova forever, you know. And 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 for so long, I knew at some point it was going to have to end. I wanted it to end in a positive way. That was important, but the also what was important was knowing at this time that the program was in good shape and that our president, our chairman of the board and our athletic director were gonna work with us to make sure that we could get Kyle in the job, we could get keep the assistant coaches, work with us to keep the players and the, and the recruits. So all of us doing it together, I thought the timing was perfect. And, and so that really made me think this was the right time. How hard was it to go and visit with those prospects, those kids that you visited with and obviously made commitments, and then to sit down and say, like, yeah, I'll be around, but Villanova hasn't changed. How, how, how hard was that conversation, and how did you go about that? It, it was – I, I kind of felt like the, the uh, meeting with the recruits was probably the hardest, telling them – because I felt like it was really hard telling our players, but I felt like they're in a good place. They're at Villanova. Our staff is staying. That you know, they know the head coach. Kyle it was only away for one year. He got head coaching experience. He recruited a lot of these guys. I kind of felt like I knew they were in a good spot, but the the recruits they didn't they hadn't been here yet. They didn't know Kyle as well. They were you know we developed a relationship over two three years. That was really really hard and they were at the most vulnerable part of their careers, you know, not being in college yet. That, that was really hard. I, I, you know, there's a, I felt a little guilty with our players. I felt a little guilty with them, but probably even mostly with them. Well, you mentioned the 40 days for the world cup where you were with Greg Popovich uh, with USA basketball. And I, Jay, I can't remember whether it was, was you and I talking or, Maybe Seth said this or somebody somebody had said that that you felt like that was the most pressure you'd ever felt in basketball was was with USA basketball and that team. One, is that true? And two, you know, how did that pressure manifest itself? What did it feel like? Why? You know, the the World Cup was a little bit of pressure, but the Olympics was definitely the most pressure I have ever felt ever because um you know, you know, you're coaching the U.S. Olympic team. Um, I, I was going to be, I was the only college coach. So, you know, in the college world, I was going to be the only one held responsible for the outcome. And the only outcome that is acceptable in the United States, which we get, is a gold medal. And we were doing it during a pandemic. We were, guys, you know, the guys were coming off a season where they had played in a bubble. The NBA season ran long. Guys didn't want to play. We get it. Why? But they still expect you to win the gold medal. You're still representing the United States. You know, then, you know, we, we're losing players. Love gets hurt. Yeah, we lose Bradley Beal, who was playing great for us in the beginning. You know, the, the Middleton's playing in the finals. Devin Booker's playing in the finals. Drew Holland. It was, it was a disaster ready to happen, and we knew it. We knew it was going to happen, and there was nothing we could do about it. And we're in it. We're in Tokyo. 
we, the, the guys can't have their families around. They're under pressure. We're under pressure. Uh, Drew, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton show up the night before our first game, take a 14-hour flight to Tokyo after playing in the finals. Everything was going wrong. Everything. And you're feeling like we're going to, we're going to lose this thing. And we're reading out, you know, we're reading there. I, I, I never forget this text or this tweet that said, get coach K on a private plane immediately and take over this team. Popovich can't coach these guys in the Olympics. And then another tweet was Kevin Durant is a bat is a Robin. He's not a Batman. He can't lead this team. So we're looking at all this stuff and we're quarantined and, and we're in Japan and nobody cares. Just win the gold. It was incredible. And it was truly the, the most rewarding basketball experience I've ever had in my life. It'll, it'll still be to this day. You told, you told me Pop, Greg Popovich was absolutely unbelievable in that situation, how he handled like the first loss and how he kept everyone I thought that story was – share that story because I thought that story was unbelievable just in terms of understanding, connecting, and getting everyone kind of on the same page. It, it started with Jerry Colangelo when we were in Las Vegas when we're losing – play. you know, we lose Bradley Beal. He tests positive for COVID. He's got to go home. We got – we had guys before we're going out there who tested positive who couldn't practice with us, but we couldn't say they tested positive. We had guys that didn't play in the exhibition game against Nigeria um, because of COVID. We lose to Nigeria in an exhibition game. We lose to Australia in an exhibition game. We broke a record. There was like 68-something, 68 consecutive games the USA had not lost a game in international competition. We break that record. You know, Jerry's trying to keep the team together. Then we get over there, pop. You know, we, we lose to France and we are getting killed in the media and people are saying that Kevin Durant is saying that Popovich is trying to implement his Spurs offense and it's not working. And, you know, we had to address all that, which Kevin didn't do, but people were saying that we had to address all that. Pop kept everybody together and the, we were down. We were playing – before the semifinal game, we were playing Australia. We were down like 11 in the first half to Australia. Pop goes triangle and two, which we had hardly even ever practiced. And we're all like, oh, my God. And it pulls us through the first half. We get we get like to we get it to like one at the end of the first half. We play great in the second half. He I'm telling you, he was so we we were all emotional after winning that gold medal. It was funny. The head coaches were the coaches were literally emotional. Steve Kerr, Pop, myself, Ime Adoke was there. Uh, everybody, Jerry Colangelo, Sean, we were emotional. Everybody back home was like, ah, "That's what you're supposed to do." No big deal. But we knew what we had been through. What what was the thing you took from from Pop the most that you would want to implement into your style or your program? One of the, the great things I, I think that even helped working with him in the beginning, he was the head Olympic coach. He has won five NBA championships, but he's a very intelligent guy. He knew that the guys, you know, when we had the go, the gold the World Cup team. 
they were the younger NBA players, but we were playing against the same teams that we just played against in the Olympics. They were more experienced than us. We had all the young guys. He knew that they weren't his guys. And he knew he couldn't coach them the same way he could coach the Spurs. And in the beginning, I was looking at it like, you know, come on, Pop. Like, you know, let's we got to be more demanding that these guys do things the way you want them to do. But he was looking at what what can these guys do and what do they do well? And let me fit that in to how we're going to play because we don't have enough time and I don't have the hammer with this group to make them do what I want them to do and to force them to do what we think we need to do. We have to fit their talents into a team real quickly. And he, he did the same thing. We had to figure out, all right, who's going to play for it? Like we get Giroux holiday. We play France in the first game of the Olympics who had knocked us out of the gold cup of the world cup. We get them in the first game. Giroux holiday shows up the night before Chris Middleton, the night before. And um, also Devin Booker the night before Giroux holiday is our leading scorer in that game. He hadn't even practiced with us. So Pop had to then take our team while we're playing in, in the Olympic prelim games and figure out what's the best offense for us to run with Giroux, Chris, Devin, and Dame Lillard, Kevin Durant. Like, how are we going to figure this out while we can't get eliminated here in the Olympics? It, it was brilliant to watch him balance that. What's the biggest difference coaching those guys and coaching your team? I think I think that point where you look at a, a Dame Lillard and he does certain things extremely well, and and there's other things that he's not asked to do for Portland, and you can ask him to do those things and he'll do it, but you better fig you're better off figuring out a way to use what he does well and then fit another player in that does the things that he doesn't do well into the lineup. Whereas in college, we can say, all right, you got to adjust your game, Dame, because this is how we're all going to play. Thinking the pros, you got to say, okay, this is what Dame does well. So let's make sure we have another guy in that lineup that covers for the things he doesn't do well. And I, that was the difference to me in coaching the NBA guys. You know, Jay, your program at Villanova, you, you correct me if you think this is this is incorrect, but but what I would say is, I don't know, around 2012, you, your program went from a really good culture to to starting to be the best culture in the game. And and if you were to to tell other coaches or tell us now, what 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 changed? What did you do to take your program from boy, it was really good. I mean, you went to the Final Four in 09. I mean, you had a you had a terrific culture, but then it went to a level where very few, in my view, have ever ever tread. How did you how did you do that? Well, you know, we we're all evolving all the time. And I, I gotta say this, Jay, because because now I'm retired, I might not get on here with you again. But when we were first building it, <laughs> and, and you came, you came to you did a great favor for me, came to our our what our, was our midnight madness we call Hoops Mania. If you remember that, it was in the old Jake Nevin Fieldhouse. What that thing turned into, bringing 50 Cent and, and all the great, but we you were, we went from you to 50 Cent. That was that was the progression. <laughs> but you watched us practice and you said, I love your guys, they play hard, but 
they're they're not talking enough. Like you're you're the one that's given a direction. When when they're really good, they're they're going to be talking themselves through things out there. And I never forget you said that to me. After that, we got good. We went to to oh nine. We went to the final four. But after the final four, I got that let's try the one and done mentality. That really didn't work. So about 2012, we we truly committed to we're going to get guys that want to be in college, that want to be pros, that want to be committed to playing at Villanova and believing that that's their best way of making the NBA. And when we did that, we got lucky because it was Archie Diacono and Ochefu and those guys in that freshman class. It really started to work. And so when it started to work, we really, we really invested in it. And we started to see, as you said, when Archie Diacono and Ochefo got to be seniors, they were running everything. And it was interesting when they were seniors. And then we really demanded that of guys when they became juniors and seniors, because Brunson was a freshman when Archie Diacono was a senior. And then Brunson got to, to be a junior and Gillespie was a freshman. And they they all demanded it of one another. And when they left, they still communicated back with the guys that were leaders. And that's what took our program to the elite level is the players took ownership of the leadership when they were there, but also when they left. How hard is that going to be to maintain in the culture of the trans you and I talked about NIL, but to transfer portal. And we just saw today a second, it was supposed to be one time exception. Now it's a second time exception. Uh, I saw Earl Timberlake got that today. So basically every single year, a team, every single player in your team could basically go into the portal. How hard do you think the changing culture of what's going on, especially with the portal is going to impact just the identities and, and, and the cultures of, of college basketball. Yeah, we're, we're in a, this was a little bit, little bit, a part of my decision, just a, a little bit, but it was part of it. Um, our generation, Jay, you, me, Seth, like we came up where um, the, the coach, the coach set the, the, the tone and being a part of something bigger than yourself was what college athletics was about. And getting your education was just as important as, as being a pro. That's that's how we came up. This is semi-professional sports now. And it's it's a good thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. But these guys are professionals. They're, they're playing basketball and they're getting paid a lot of money to do that right now. So it is truly, it's free agency in the spring. And this is a really important time for Villanova basketball in the old model when we would get guys that would literally stay like Jalen Brunson came back and won a second national championship. Truly, the only reason we got him back for that year is he wanted to get his degree. That was why he came back. He'd already won a national championship. He was was already going to be a second round pick. He wanted to get his degree. That that's going to be very, very rare. That's not going to happen anymore. There's too much business, but you could get a guy to come back like they are now because I'm not, I'm not going to go to the NBA and have a chance of being in the D league. I'm going to stay in college basketball, make a million dollars. That's a, that's a good thing. And, and, and when I'm there, 
I'm going to get closer to my degree. So how does this, how does Villanova develop a similar culture that is consistent with our school mission? That's what's always worked at Villanova. Our school mission has been consistent with the basketball program. It's not going to be the same as we had it in the past. It's we're, we're some guys are going to leave and, 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 and we're going to bring some guys in. It's It's going to be different. It's not going to be because of Kyle Neptune. It's, be, it's going to be because of the change in college basketball, but we're working and I'm working with Kyle on this to figure out how we do this. Like right now, you know, we've got a really good team coming back. Coaches changed and none of our guys said, you know, Hey, I want to put my name in a portal and see what, see how much money I can make out there. You know, we, we've got our NIL collective set up where everybody's good. We got to keep that. We got to keep that going so that the most valuable thing to a Villanova program is that second and third year guy. If you can get a fourth year, great. But how do you keep those guys there? So they know the system and they take on the leadership. It's, it's going to, there's going to be a new way to do this. You know, you've had a lot of great success stories uh, at Villanova in your coaching career. A lot of great guys that that had maybe different paths and and uh, obstacles they overcame. Have you ever had a success story as fulfilling as Jermaine Samuels? Ah, oh, he, he he is an amazing dude, man. Even my my assistants used to joke sometimes. Like you deserve coach of the year. Like I can't believe you got your, I can't believe we got your main where he is it. But but by the end, they all they all believed in him a hundred percent. And um, he he is a great guy to talk about. You know, he came in talented, but not a lot of uh, basketball IQ. And uh, he even got hurt his junior year. Didn't get to play the summer before his senior year uh, in high school. So he missed another part of growth. And we said that to him. We said. We said, Jermaine, you have talent. You just, you just got to get catch up basketball IQ wise. And by the end of this year, um, we were we were going to him in crucial situations, trusting his decision making. He was guarding the best players, and uh, I, I think he's got a chance of playing the NBA because of that. I remember being in your office going to visit Jackie your senior year. Maybe yeah, I think it was a senior year, and <laughs> watching practice. <laughs> And Jay, you said to me, I said, how's Jermaine Sanders doing? He goes, his head's ready to explode. He tried. <laughs> he, uh, you know what? I, you, you, guys did this with your, you guys did this with your programs. He, he gave, you know, we have the senior speak at the banquet. You know, you got like a thousand people there and it's always the highlight. He gave the most heartfelt, honest speech and he literally – said that he had a line when he was a freshman. He got so frustrated. We're, you know, telling him to pivot on this foot and jump stop. And he just freaked out and he slammed the ball down. And he went, why can't I just ball out? <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, that was, the, that was the worst thing he could have ever said because that that came up 10 times a year, every year in his career. Like, Mano, you're not going to ball out. You're not balling out. <laughs> But when we started in the Final Four this year, he, and he told this story at the banquet, when we started the Final Four, before we played a, a, a game, I said, the greatest thing about Jermaine Samuels is when he says, I'm going to ball out now, I got total trust in him because now balling out for him means 100% Villanova basketball. And he told that story, and that's how far he came where um, you could 
his idea of balling out now is is Villanova basketball's idea of balling out, but it took a long time. Well, tell us, tell us, and for those who don't know him, tell us what Kyle Neptune is going to bring as Villanova's new head coach. You know, it's the perfect time, Jay, because everything we just talked about, and, and I, I meant to mention this about our generation of, of the coming up in coaching. Um, we, we're transitioning into this NIL transfer portal where guys like Kyle, they kind of, he came up in the business this way. It's comfortable to him. He, he's visionary in this way. Um, he's, a, he's a really good X and O coach. Um, you guys know Joe Mahalik, who coached at Niagara and yeah. Hoft, who coaches completely differently than we do. Um, very, very X and O oriented um, and adjustment oriented for each game, whereas we, we're, we're kind of basic and fundamentally sound, which Kyle understands, but he's got some of Joe Mahalik in him too. If you watch what he did with the Fordham team this year, um, you know, he took he, – he had nine new players, put them together and created a team that went 16 and 16. And uh, so I think you're going to see a guy, a great recruiter, great X and O guy, high level of emotional intelligence, and um, a really personable, intelligent guy that I think will stay focused on getting the job done and he'll grow – each year, but he knows the Villanova culture. He was with us for 10 years. I think you're going to be impressed by him. Jay, watching the NBA, I know you're watching balls, right? Watching the NBA players, senior guys. Uh, you know, I saw the picture that you posted the other day uh, with Jalen and McCown Bridges, which I thought was really, really cool. Uh, and seeing how they are with each other, is that the reward? Yeah, it's really cool. But I, I'll tell you what, I, it's a great – you guys know Arlisha Davidson, our, our assistant. She's the best. So we we have the two guys, you know, playing against each other. And I, I wanted to go see him, and I got all this stuff going on. So she went down to see him in Dallas. So Dallas had beaten uh, um, Phoenix in Dallas. And after the game, Arlisha was there. So she hadn't got to see those two in a while. She takes a picture with Jalen – and she sees Mikhail after she goes, Mikhail, come on, can we get a picture together? Me, you, and Jalen, coach wants that picture because I asked her to get that picture. Mikhail says, I'm not taking a picture with him until the series is over. And, serious. <laughs> and that's what I love about and, – and that's that why that picture that I, I tweeted of those two hugging afterwards, that's what I love about them, and that's the way I want them to be. And, you know, we talk about that all the time, man. We want to – but they do not talk to each other. During the regular season, they meet each other and have dinner. But in the playoffs, they will not talk to each other until the series is over. And that's the way it should be. They're professionals. They're they're they're, they're competitors, and and I love that in them. All right, one one last retirement question. So now that you do have some free time that's not taken up by uh, stewarding the Villanova basketball program. What do you and Patty do now that you couldn't do before? Can you, what you want binge anything on Netflix or going to the movies or going out to dinner, or seeing Broadway shows? What are you doing or what do you Jay, want to do? Yeah, I, I swear we have not gotten to do any of that yet. We are, we are grinding through this, trying to get through this transition, but you, you like, like we, we, we love, we love New York and we're so close to New York, but going up, 
to New York and and spending a weekend in New York and, and going to plays, which we never get to do. And and I'm a big Philadelphia fan. Like I would in the past, like, I would never go to Sixers games. I would feel guilty that like, people would say, why isn't this dude out recruiting? Like, yeah, they just lost to UConn last year. <laughs> in, my, in my sick mind, that even even when I go down and, and going down to the beach in, in the summer, like I would go for like a day and then I'd be out of there. Um, because I'd be afraid, like Villanova people on the beach I will be like, yeah, this is a recruiting period. What are you what are you doing here? You know? <laughs> I, would, I would worry about that stuff. I really would. So spending time at the beach um is really gonna be big for us this summer. In, in the fall and winter, get up to New York, see some plays and and then um, hopefully travel. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna go to um, the the British Open uh, this this year. Go to Scotland and Ireland. So looking forward to that. You know, I never thought I'd compare him to Izzo, but you know, he's as neurotic as Izzo. Oh, I am. I I can admit it now. And and he and I talked to him all the time and just talked to him the other oh day. Oh my god! You, you know, you know. Oh god! I, I guess. <laughs> His head's ready to explode. He is. Talk about head ready to explode. You're right. But I'm the same way. I think I must have – people – it's the same way on the on the sideline where people say, oh, you're so calm. Like, I was out of my mind. I don't know how I got away with people thinking that I wasn't. And, you know, especially here in retirement, like I never had a day. I would be in church – and the priest would say something and I would text Colin Gillespie like, oh, I heard this from him. And Patty smacked me like, put the phone down. Like, there was never a time I wasn't thinking about it. I still wake up in the middle of the night thinking like, like what do we got to do with Caleb Daniels? Like, what do I got to do with Brandon Slay? I still, to this day, and I don't know when that goes away. I hope it does at some point. But I, I, I'm looking forward to like not thinking about it 24-7. Soon, I hope. See, that's the bad thing about the half zips because when you had that 16-button sport coat when you got that call against Georgetown and lost your mind, you had all 16 buttons buttoned up and, you and like, you couldn't lose your mind because I, I still remember leaving you that message. I'm watching the game. You're absolutely getting hosed at Georgetown. All right? Absolutely ridiculous. You're getting an argument with Don... Uh, Bobby Donato. Bobby Donato. You're, you're losing your mind with Bobby Donato. And you have all 16 buttons stuck. I couldn't help myself. I literally got in the phone and left you a message. I said, you're getting screwed. You're arguing with Bobby Donato. And you still have all 16 buttons buttoned. How are you doing that? And then you, you called me back later and said, yeah, I'm as nutty as you. I, that's why I have them all buttoned. You said, Eddie Pickney taught you that one. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie loved that. Eddie would say, Coach, I, I know how crazy you are, but as long as you keep those buttons buttoned, like you look like you're calm and sane. <laughs> and back in the day, that was back when like the suits would have like six buttons on the suits, and you know it, it was they were that was good for me back then. Well, the best place to unplug where nobody can get you is the range. Just go to the practice range, hit balls. It's perfect. No cell phones. It's fantastic. That's what retirement is. That's what retirement is. Bill says game day right. phone calls. Hey, Bill says game day phone calls doesn't put the, the video on in Zoom. And we're here, we hear this noise in the background. I go, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> and, and, and like he doesn't realize that we hear him hitting balls. Oh, I realize <laughs> there's a difference between not realizing and not caring. <laughs> <laughs> I realize I just didn't care. That All is right, classic. Last, last question. 
you go to NBA games, you ever get that itch? We got to ask the question. But I mean, like, you ever, you, you're, you, I mean, you go to those, you know, you're a basketball junkie like all the rest of us. Like, do you ever look at it and go, that challenge? Yeah. I, first of all, and I try to tell our players this NBA, NBA playoff basketball is Oof. awesome. It is awesome basketball. Like, the regular season, can be crazy, you know. You know, you're not playing, guys. Guys are tired, like. But the playoffs are Ooh. just awesome, and the playoffs ju really do juice me, man. I I, I love that. But I, I feel like having coached the World Cup, having coached the Olympics, I got I got my itch. I loved it. I loved coaching those guys. Um, I I really did. But I got my itch. Like I I, but who who knows? Like I. I, I'm not naive enough to think like, I know I need a break right now. And I know I'm looking forward to doing some of the things that Jay asked me about. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to mentoring Kyle. I was actually talking with Pat Riley about this and what he did with Spo and, um, and I'm looking forward to that, but, but, but who knows? Like, you know, we're all yeah. not, you know, I've never done this before. I've never stopped before. But I think I'm going to be good with it. I think. He'll be awesome. great. TV, yeah. You should do TV with us. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as crazy as you two. That I know. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a high bar of crazy. You, should come sit, you, you could, you're the guy that could make Reese Davis look less attractive. <laughs> hey, I might, I might have to put a suit on again, man. I've been comfortable for the last couple of years. Or, Jay, you oh, got to teach me that. You gotta teach me that that cool casual look. I, I don't. I, I can't pull that off. No, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Don't don't stroke him. <laughs> hey, nobody. Cool. Hey, nobody hey, was asking cool you about cool about casual. <laughs> Nobody's asking you about that, Seth. You, you look like you're about to go play shuffleboard on the Lido deck. <laughs> I went from a defense attorney to the Lido deck. Wait a second here, Patty. When I would wear the suits at the end, Patty would tell me I looked like Connie Mack. Remember Connie Mack for the Phillies suit when the players, when the other managers are wearing the baseball uniform? She's like, you look like Connie Mack. You're the old coach now. <laughs> well, Jay, can't thank you enough for thank, being with thank, us, man. Thanks for doing this, man. You're the this best. This is awesome. Love you guys, man. It was fun. Hey, Love you too. Take a deep breath. Go enjoy yourself. Thanks, guys. <laughs>